This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 30th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. The president offered cold comfort in his speech on Libya, failing to justify his actions based on U.S. security. Chris Preble, director of foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute, offers a glimpse of what the president should have said and questions what precedents this might set for future uses of the U.S. military. For you to have been satisfied with the president's speech, uh, what did he need to come prepared to say? What what did he need to articulate? Well, well, to be perfectly frank, I would have been satisfied if he said, "I made a horrible mistake. I'm sorry. I won't do that again." Which is to say, send U.S. Uh, send U.S. military personnel and and launch military action from uh, U.S. planes and ships uh, on on a mission that had no. Uh, tangible connection to U.S. national security. Uh, He obviously wasn't going to do that. Uh, I would have been at least mollified if he had attempted to explain the military mission, if he had clarified the end state and therefore put some parameters around the likely costs, uh, and most importantly, if he had explained why, what it was about this particular intervention that made it uh, unique and and not a precedent for future action. He didn't do that on any of those three counts. First of all, um, he attempted last night to claim there is a national interest at stake, but the national interest is not a security interest. It is a moral interest, which presumably applies not just to the United States, but to all of humanity. When there is uh, the risk of great harm uh, to civilians, uh, that not just the United States, but all uh, countries should feel an obligation to act. As a practical matter, it doesn't work that way at all. As a practical matter, the U.S. military and the American people are on the hook because we have established a pattern of intervening repeatedly in places that have no tangible connection to U.S. national security. This intervention merely repeats that. Um, he has also failed, yet again, to clarify the mission. On the one hand, uh, it has always been about protecting Libyan civilians from harm by Muammar Gaddafi's forces, uh, but that mission would not end even if Gaddafi is removed from power, whether he leaves voluntarily or leaves feet first, because there is always the danger that rebel forces will turn their fire on former regime supporters. This is a tribal society. Uh, even people who were Qaddafi supporters will not necessarily have blood on their hands, uh, but there is always the possibility of reprisal and revenge killings, as we saw happen in Iraq. And so it seems to me that the mission to protect civilians does not end uh, even in the happy uh, occasion of Qaddafi's departure. Um, If that's the case, then the end state is truly indeterminate and the mission could be extraordinarily costly. The president tried to emphasize that this is not a nation-building mission. He said that in the speech last night, again, trying to draw distinctions in Iraq. The only legitimate distinction is that Libya is much smaller than Iraq and also of much less strategic import than Iraq. Uh, So it's true uh, that it's less likely, far less likely, that the Libyan operation will be as costly as the Iraqi operation, but he cannot explain why there will not be a requirement uh, for U.S. military personnel to be on the ground in the event, for example, that the rebels turn out to be not our friends. Uh, are we truly, are we to expect that the United States, having engineered the removal of Gaddafi from power, is just going to sit back and let uh, people who hate us and wish us harm to take control in Tripoli? It's absurd. Um, finally, I, I want to return to the earlier point I alluded to, which is that we have this dangerous precedent 
uh, where the United States military is sent on countless missions around the world that have no tangible connection to U.S. national security. Uh, and those interventions invite calls from others uh, to intervene on their behalf. And the very fact that they have no connection to national security makes the, our decision to intervene look very subjective. And, and uh, uh, therefore, it invites us to charges of hypocrisy or, or in many cases, racism. Uh, I think this is deeply problematic, and I think the president did not clearly explain why Libya is unique, why Libya will not uh, be a test case uh, for future interventions. And if it's true, and I hope I'm wrong, but if, if it's true that people invoke the memory of Libya in the future, I'm afraid that the president has uh, continued a pattern of the U.S. military being horribly stretched in a number of conflicts around the world. What do you see as the justification offered? The justification that the president made is that uh, the killing of a large number of civilians in Benghazi uh, would have been a stain on our moral conscience. And I think this is a claim that has been made repeatedly, uh, going back not just to Rwanda, but before that to Somalia and other instances around the world. And I agree that it is difficult, it is very difficult, for the President of the United States to resist the impulse to intervene when he has people, many people, calling on him to do something. But it's precisely because we have so much power and because the temptation to use it is almost over, you know, overwhelming that a president has to have extraordinary discipline and say, no, I was elected by the people of the United States to protect them, to keep this country safe and secure, and if a mission does not advance those ends, I will not do it. That is not the Council of Despair and the Council of Inaction. On the contrary, there are many other countries, especially those in Libya's uh, immediate neighborhood, that have both a compelling national security rationale and a moral rationale. And it's precisely the combination of those factors that we, the United States, should have encouraged in the past and we could have encouraged in this particular case instead other countries waited for the United States to act, and now the United States is on the hook for what I fear is a long-term operation. And just the possibility the U.S. will act probably puts a lot of those countries on the sideline. That's correct. That is exactly right. Because of the expectation that the United States will act, that does encourage other people to wait it out. Uh, and sometimes, tragically, they waited out too long. Because again, the United States does not always intervene. There are a number of cases where we have not. And I fear that we've set up a, a, a system uh, uh, where if the United States doesn't act, nothing gets done. And I don't think that's the right approach. I think there are alternatives that will uh, use a, other countries' legitimate national security interests to advance humanitarian ends. Chris Preble is Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. He is author of The Power Problem, How American Military Dominance Makes Us Less Safe, Less Prosperous, and Less Free. You can get your copy at Cato.org.